0: Goes through hard times at some point in their lives, some more than others, that's for sure. But when going through it, it can feel like there's no end in sight. And you become disheartened and tired, and you may start to lose faith in your own abilities and even give up on things that you desire, especially. If what you are going through is intense and in repetition, and that often happens when you're in that like negative energy, it's easy to read too much into the situation, assuming that it's, oh, your fault, or that you're going through adversity, or sometimes people play victim and say, bad things only or always happen to me. And on the contrary, the truth is is that everybody encounters difficulties, but it's what you do with it. That determines your path to overcome it and achieve what you want. I often say that adversity are gifts in disguise. I know that sounds weird, but as you're going through it, it definitely doesn't feel like it or you see that there is a gift. And it's not until you get through it and you look back and you say, ah, there was the gift. And in fact, the diversity often pushes you to be really good at something. I mean, most of you know my red dress story where I went from frumpy mama to sexy mama. After going through a horrible divorce, I had two young kids, ages two and eight months. And at that time, I could never imagine where my life is now. And it all started with a red dress that snowballed into me teaching the very thing that I feared. I mean, the thought of flirting was horrific. Dating and putting myself out there, uh uh-uh. There was no way I wanted to do that. And being a single mom on top of it. But most importantly, wearing red, like wearing that red dress catapulted me into just all these changes in my life. And now I use my own transformation to help so many others get out of their own way to find love not sure I've ever shared this story just quickly because it highlights about what we're going to talk about today. There was a gentleman that came to me after speaking at a conference. He was a good-looking dude, and he came to me. He's like, Kimmy, I need help with my confidence. Tall, young guy. And I'm look. I'm thinking to myself, he needs help with his confidence? So come to learn that he had gotten in a car accident with a bunch of friends when he was younger, and he fell into a coma and lost all ability to speak, to move. He basically was a vegetable, and they weren't sure he was going to rehab. Well, by the time I saw him, he obviously rehabbed back to normal, but in his mindset, he still felt paralyzed. And so one thing that was happening when he would talk to people is there was a little bit of a slur, but I didn't even recognize that until he brought attention to it. So I said to him, I said, you know, you're leading with your pain, and that's what people are focused on. And no one would have seen it had you not shared that. You're just fabulous who you are. So anyway, he hired me. Where did we go? Vegas. I kind of threw him into the wolves. And he started talking to women left and right. I kind of created a monster. And he started getting numbers from women. His confidence grew. And the one task he had for me is that he was not to talk about his accident, that he was not to lead conversations with what he thought was his scarlet letter. And from there, he gained his sexy confidence, dated up a storm, and landed a fabulous woman in his life. Now, all these things, all these stories that I tell, it seems a little bit like fairy tale, but it really can work, and it is true. When you put your mind to something, you can get whatever you want, and that adversity is what can drive that. So I have an incredible guest today who embodies the essence of overcoming adversity and transforming challenges into triumphs. This discussion, it's not just about personal growth, but a testament to the power within each of you to rise above challenges and create a life filled with love, success, with utter abundance. This woman is fantastic. So she is the master of miracles, a serial entrepreneur and an educational psychologist specializing in vocational rehab. Born and raised in Los Angeles, she's a sister here. She overcame a challenge of upbringing in a poverty-stricken neighborhood. In her book, From Bounced Checks to Private Jets, The Mastery of Miracles. I love that title so much. She shares her inspiring journey of transforming her life and creating success for herself and her family, with a deep understanding of how our stories shape our lives. She empowers audiences as a speaker, guiding them to manifest their dreams and discover the miracles within their own lives. She is dedicated in helping others rise above their circumstances and achieve extraordinary results. Her company, Ortega Counseling Center, has become a beacon of hope and change, assisting nearly 45,000 injured workers.
1: She is just,
0: I mean, such a ball of inspiration and hope and has helped so many people. She's the founder of High Tide Global Foundation and committed to bringing educational opportunities to the most impoverished and at-risk communities in the world. Welcome, Hazel Ortega. Are you there?
1: Hi. Yes. Happy
0: to be here. Oh, I'm so happy. And I'm happy that we saw each other at that charity event where we reconnected because we've been knowing each other from afar. And I love that you're here. Because I mean, your story, and I didn't know all of your story. and I probably don't even know like even more that I'm sure you'll share, but it's really inspiring. And I know, and I like this topic because there's so many people who come to me, they're wanting to find love, they want to create abundance in their love life, but yet they're seeing their love life in front of them as something that there's just a bunch of scarcity type of mindset. Like there's no good men, there's no good women, and therefore there aren't any good men or women because as long as people believe that and that's all they see. So I'm excited about this conversation. I'd love for you to just introduce yourself, just like who you are, like as a person and your story, cause your story is really inspirational.
1: Thank you. Yes. I'm really happy to have connected with you and make this, uh, podcast happen because my big, hairy, audacious vision is that I change <laughs> the world through sharing my story. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, currently I have the largest counseling center in California which is a business that I started from the garage of my home because I couldn't even afford to pay my mortgage, let alone a rent <laughs> for an office. And this is uh, what really started me on the path of improving myself, having to have more responsibility. And when I worked from home, it was way before it was cool to work from home, right? Like it was <laughs> a voice. Right, yeah, right. For me, it was not a choice. And when the dog came in barking I, and I was on the phone with a client, I've, I, I felt so embarrassed, like, she's going to know I'm poor and I work from home. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I felt about it. Uh, today, we have offices throughout California. And I have the love of my life. Mm-hmm. I have been uh, an owner of Seven Figure Businesses since um, at least a decade. And I haven't worked in the last eight years. My Mm -hmm. life is dedicated to travel, to making myself happy, to living the life of my dreams, creating my vision for my life and making an impact in the world, whether it be through the companies that I'm associated with or volunteering wherever I travel and create opportunities for others to volunteer as well. And I have a daughter whose birthday is today. She's twenty six years oh, old. Happy birthday! <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm very proud of her. And I also raised my two brothers, uh-huh. who came to live with me when they were four and six years old. And today they're twenty eight and thirty years old. So I have three kids. Wow. Yes, that uh, fill me with, with a lot of joy and happiness.
0: Oh my Is that all? Is that all you do? Wow. <laughs> well, you know, exactly. Well, I want to talk about the well wow because you know, a lot of people might read your bio or go to your site or listen to your story, and I I see this all the time. People say, "Oh, well, she's just lucky. Like she just happened to, you know, stumble upon these things that caused her to be, you know, successful." I'd love for you to share really like this the kind of the hero's journey, right? Like how did you? rise above the ashes? Because I mean, you came from nothing to where you are now. I mean, that I just I'd love for people to hear
1: that. Yeah, Kim, I I grew up in poverty. Yeah. uh, In the 80s in downtown Los Angeles, when the streets were riddled with gang members, Hmm. where bodies were fished out of the local lake Echo Park, which was my neighborhood park, MacArthur Park, the places that little kids go and play, bodies were found there, blood splattered on trees. We lived a very limited experience because of the gangs where we could not leave the 10 block radius of our neighborhood because it could be very dangerous and they would come into our neighborhood and do drive-by shootings. So a lot of our cars had bullet holes in them. Thankfully, we lived on the second floor. I grew up in a 60-unit apartment building in a one-bedroom apartment for seven people. My mom, my stepfather, and five daughters, we all lived in this in this apartment with only one bathroom and never having enough. I remember my mom waiting for the mailman because every other every two weeks she would get a welfare check and we would get food stamps and we would buy food with food stamps and uh, I never really thought anything about it because everybody in my neighborhood was also you know paying food with food stamps we'd go to the local market and everybody's paying with food stamps so it was really rough growing up and because of that we were in survival mode so today I'm a Latina of influence and I've been voted a uh, global social impact award. But growing up, it was no dream about that. No, we were not dreaming of a better future. We were trying to survive every day. And my mom, all she wanted for us was to turn 18 years old, make it to 18, because so many kids were killed. So many, my first mm-hmm. best friend was killed when I was 12 years old. We were waiting at the bus stop and gang members came and asked us what gang we were from. And like always, we ran away. But this time, the next day we found out that they caught one of our friends and he w- he died. He was killed. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was just a memory after memory of people dying, just like, you know, it wasn't even shocking anymore. It was like, okay, who's next? You know, yeah. you almost become numb after a while. Completely numb. Yeah. I, I never had any therapy for this. My mom never said, Oh, your friend was killed. How do you feel about this? Nobody at school talked about it. It was like another one bites the dust. Right. And so, you know, you're in, you're in a poverty stricken neighborhood. Everybody has problems. Nobody has time for your little problem. You know, yeah. like my mom had so many problems trying to pay the bills, problems with her relationships I saw her marry and divorce many times and um, every time it was like my father left me you know um, when you're a kid you're not like oh you're not my father you love you love you just love and so every time that she divorced or broke up with a boyfriend it was like they were leaving me I didn't and uh, think it was about her and her relationship. And plus, she didn't explain to me what happened. So I just knew they were just gone and never came back. So I made it be about me. Like, I'm not worthy. Like, so the way that manifests itself in adult life is mm. like, hey, you love me, but you could leave me. And because of that, I'm not safe. And uh, I'll date you and 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 have a torrid relationship with you. But then when when it's too close, I'll leave you before you leave me. And so, you know, you know, I wrote that book from bounce checks to private jets. I could have easily written another book called Man Eater. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
0: Seriously? I think that should be your second book, and
1: maybe we could write it together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm I'm a bunch of collaborating. I'll give you my stories for your book.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. And you know what's so common too about what you just said and I see this all the time with relationships, you know, we all have fears and there's like kind of these five top dating fears that I talk about a lot. And you had so much loss that there's that abandonment kind of fear, right? That, that kicked in and it was just your survival technique, right? Cause you know that anytime you got close, people would die or leave. And so you would keep people only at like arm's length. Right. And then if you got too close, boom, you would self-sabotage that kind of thing. Cause it was scary to have that happen again. And I see that happen a lot. I was wondering because, you know, a lot of times by the time people come to me, they're, they've fallen victim to that. Like, they're like, Oh, things can't change. Like, what did you do? And maybe like you have some tips for people on
1: getting over it. Cause you were in a really dark place. Yeah. Um, I was in Groundhog Day, really, like we don't expect anything to look different the next day and very cynical in that way. And um, I was divorced as well. And, you know, I really probably only got married because I became pregnant and Mm. um, I was 26 years old when I became pregnant and looked at him and said, well, we're Mexican. We 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 should get married, you know, and we did that. Otherwise, I'm not sure we would have lasted that long and long enough to be in a relationship the way I was going. So how did I get over that? And, and what I tell people is, you know, I had to change my ways of thinking, right? I did have those thoughts of like, well, you know, you're going to leave me anyway. Um, you know, the world occurred to me like I was not worthy and nobody would love me and I was unlovable. And so even though it's very subconscious, if you work on yourself, it'll, it, it does surface in the relationships, you know? It's so totally what I nice. did, what I really did to transform my life, first of all, I want to say that I didn't graduate high school. I, I started a job just like everybody else in my neighborhood. You just do get a job to survive and pay your bills. Uh, I, I got lucky in a bad situation where I, my job, I became an injured worker. I was 26 years old and I was working as a secretary at a desk for somebody shorter than me. And because of that, I was not ergonomically correct. And I, I have carpal tunnel, which is nerve damage to my wrist and nerve damage to my elbow and problems with my neck. Because of that, the doctor told me I couldn't do my job anymore and that I should go back to school and get an education. And at the time, I didn't even have a high school diploma. And yeah, and so I was already going to school, to night school at a high school to get my high school diploma because the attorney that hired me, when he interviewed me, he asked me, you're in college, right? But I, I was not in college. I just said yes, because I thought if I said no, I wouldn't get the job and when i started going when i started working he asked me what school i was going to so i knew i had to go register in classes and so i started with trying to get my high school diploma so i became injured the doctor told me you should go back to school you know and i did that and i used education as a vehicle to get me out of poverty and i changed my environment right when i went back to school i changed my environment i started having a cohort in school where the people that I'm now spending time with are people who are using education to get out of poverty as well or make their dreams come true. So now I have a different pond and I'm, now I'm surrounded by attorneys also because that's who I work with and that's an, a new environment for me as well. So I changed my thoughts, I changed my environment and then I celebrated my wins Right. Maybe I, I wasn't getting a college degree and I was just earning a high school diploma, but I was celebrating it big and I changed. So I, I'll tell you that people. You know, think that education will change your life and it, it does, Edu- but formal education, what it did was it taught me how to do a job and I did double my income, but even though I doubled my income, I was still having a life of struggle. I still was bouncing checks. I didn't know how to balance my checkbook. I didn't know how to invest my money. I didn't know about wealth creation. That was not even something that I even thought I wanted because it wasn't for me anyway. It's for other people. Mm.
0: Yeah. And Deserving peace that like self, like, oh, I don't deserve that. That's not me kind of thing.
1: Right, Kim. And and honestly, that we are, it's so subconscious that it felt like It wasn't even an option for me. It was Mm. was not even available to me. Right. So here I am. I, I, I went to school. I didn't stop going. And eventually I became an educational psychologist. I started working with children that are school aged children and and families. Well, I'm still fist fighting with my sisters at this time. Okay, 36 years old as a psychologist fist-fighting with my sister, who's a police officer. We were using strategies we learned as children to solve our adult problems, and most of us do this. And I was blind to that. I just thought this is the way we are. That's just the way, you know, how we handle our stuff. And um, what really changed my life was personal development. I was invited to a personal development seminar by somebody that I was dating. And he told me that I wasn't loving. Yeah. Oh, and oh my so, gosh. And, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. It, and um, I didn't know what he was talking about, but I knew that I wanted the relationship to work, that I was tired of having bad relationships. I wanted something to stick. <laughs> right. And I was already divorced by this time. And I was, violent just like my mom and um repeating patterns that I learned from her and having thoughts in my mind that all men cheat that all men are going to hurt you might as well you hurt them first you know play games with them all these things I mean another book that I thought that I could write Kim is called um lies my mother told me oh That's powerful. Well, you know, all the things you're
0: talking about, I just want to extract some of those like key tools that I think you learned as you were going down your yellow brick road, so to speak, in your basket is like, you know, I think it's so important to have people who are around you that can lift you up, that can be a a role model for you, that you can see another way. Because if you hadn't been in that environment, in the school environment with, you know, people who were hardworking, who were doing things for other people, like all you knew is what you knew, you know? And I tell people that all the time, like when they're dating, I'm like, if, if you're in an environment where you don't see good men out there, let's say you're a woman, And then you're just attracting that all the time. Of course, that's all you're going to see. Like there's that's the reality, right? And so really does take intention, practice, work, good role models, all those things that you, you know, kind of alluded to, to switch. But I love the fact that that guy that you dated, like kind of called you out. And and instead of just like kind of saying goodbye, he's like, do this. Like he kind of gave you you know, a, a, a way out because you mentioned um, also, like, I know you talk about pushy angels. Where does that come in to play?
1: Well, you know, I would say that he was a pushy angel, uh-huh. you know, somebody, somebody that sees something in you that you can't see for yourself and they Ooh. tell you about it, right? And uh, maybe we don't like what we hear, but they're, they are a stand for you to have a better life. I guess
0: I'm a pushy angel now that I think about it. Cause like I'll tell women that they have the resting bitch face on when we go flirting, I'll tell men they have bad breath. Like I, but if I don't tell them who will, <laughs> you know, but it's yeah. true. it takes that outside person to give you that feedback that motivates you into something. Otherwise
1: you're just doing what you're doing. Always. There's no change. Yes. And I want to challenge people to be pushy angels to other people. Don't let people go around and, and not be present to themselves. If they're being a certain way that's not nice and not good for them, or you see something better for them, tell them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a society that's too nice, you know? No, you can be, you know, you can tell somebody what's so without hurting their feelings if you have good energy about it, if you do it without being judgmental.
0: Oh, right? I really like this because a lot of the clients that I work with are, people pleasers. They are scared of conflict. They don't want to rock the boat. And because of that, they attract a lot of negative energy, takers, narcissists, you know, people who take advantage of them. So can you talk more about that? that that's really good what you just said.
1: Well, you're, it's your energy, right? So yeah. I'll tell you something. I used to date, you know, to, I'll tell you the guy that sent me to the personal development seminar. Yeah. He told me that he was the best thing that That could happen to me that I would never find a better boyfriend than him. And at that point, at that time, he was the best boyfriend I've ever had. So he was right at the time, right? (laughs) He was right at the time for the hazel at the time that I was. Yes. Then I went to this personal development seminar and I found out that I could be different that I never dreamed, And I created a dream of what I wanted what kind of relationship I wanted, what kind of life I wanted to live, what lifestyle, what house I wanted to live in, what relationship did I want to have with my sisters. I did. I realized in that personal development seminar that I didn't dream. Mm -hmm. And I started dreaming. And when I left the work, I broke up with that person because my self-worth increased. And now I wouldn't date that person because of who I was at becoming who, who I saw myself have a higher value. And that person, you know, there's, I don't believe that he's a bad person, but his situation was such that was not compatible anymore with where I am. So I got integrity into my life and I'll share, he was a, a separated person. He was not divorced. And so I did the program and then I looked at him and I'm like, Looking at him with a different measuring stick, Mm. like, "Hey, um, you need to be divorced. Yeah, you're You're really not available, are you? You're not. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just, and I'm four years in, okay, into this relationship. When I finally realized, like, no, I need to have integrity in my life, and he needs to have integrity in his life, and uh, that means getting a divorce. So, wow. Yeah, and I ended up leaving him. And he didn't get a divorce, even after I left him. So those ladies who date people who are separated, it's yeah. really not worth, worth it. But I'll tell you, so I kept going to the personal development seminar, and I kept creating dreams. And I and I saw what I wanted in, in the kind of man that I wanted, and how I wanted to feel when I was with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I manifested that I have exactly that person. And today. We have been together 16 years. This year, we'll celebrate 16 years. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. And I've had the pleasure of meeting him and seeing you two together. And let me tell you, you guys are like this power couple. And it's so awesome. Because I, you're kind of leading to where I was going to ask you. So then how did you use some of the things that you learned to attract him? Because obviously, you know, he's a different guy than all these other guys.
1: Well, he wasn't a different guy. I actually um for five years, with the first five years of our relationship was a struggle. Because oh really? I, I kept breaking up with him and he kept coming back. He wouldn't leave. And um, you know, because I remember once I feel like I'm getting too close, I want to leave. Yeah, like, he didn't have the same issues I had. So he's always been consistently a good person. But he was a young person, he would want to go out, he would want to go to Vegas. And for me, having a boyfriend that goes to Vegas always translated to he's going to cheat on me. Mm -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. wanted to have freedom. And I did not let him have freedom. And I would be very possessive. um, You know, the way the what you do to protect yourself, right, like controlling. And whenever he didn't let me control him, I would break up with him. And then little by little, three months later, he would sneak himself back inside and be like, you know, he knew that I was the one like destiny, you know, and finally I gave up. I was like, well, you know, why am I getting mad? I'm not getting the, I'm not getting the payback that, um, you know, that rush that you get. (laughs) Yes, yes, I do. (laughs) And,
0: and, and you listening, you know, exactly what she's talking about. Cause I, I talk about that all the time with people. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because what's the best part of breaking up? It's the making up. So, right. or like a fight, you know, like not, maybe not a break up, rush, you know? Yeah, it gives you. So when there's a fight, right, you, you end up making up and then you get reassured that you are loved. Okay. Then, then when you're, um, you feel like you're not loved, then you pick a fight and then you get reassured again that you are loved. So it's like a vicious cycle and I was in it. So, um, and I'm also uh, in, in school, I learned, uh, I became a behavior modification specialist. So what I did was I created an uh, a vision of what I wanted in a man, how I wanted to be treated. And then I taught him how to treat me. You know, like if he was breaking a date, I would tell him, like, it's okay to break a date. However, not at the time that I'm expecting you to knock on the door. Beautiful
0: example, by the way, of the setting (laughs) the boundaries that you were talking about before. Like, that's such a great thing where you're not being a bitch. You're being assertive and standing up for yourself and teaching him how to treat you. So I love yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, during this time where I was like teaching him, you know, I also was dating other people and something like similar happened in another relation, another dating situation where the person also rescheduled at the last minute and said, hey, you know what, instead of going out tonight, let's go out tomorrow. Um, That way I don't have to find a babysitter for my kids. And so I'm like, OK, however, I already found babysitters for my kids you know, <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll let's go out tomorrow. But just know that when we reschedule, I get impacted because I already have found a babysitter for my kids. I already have a talk with my kids about I'm going to go out, you know, we have to get ready for this stuff, right? Totally. It's not Just a, um, a single mom doesn't just like get in her car and go on a date. There's so many things you have to prepare, including the mindset for the kids that you're going out you know, I had to do a lot of things so that my kids would be like, Oh God, just leave, go leave us alone. You know? Yeah. Not
0: to mention the hair and the makeup and the dress, like, you know, as a sister, we had that to deal with on top of that, you know? So, exactly.
1: yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. so, um, this other person that I was also dating told me, you know what? I like the way you talk to me and, um, and you make a lot of sense. And I promise that I will try my best not to reschedule and, and, I get your I get the impact on you. So, wow. you know, I'm working on myself. I'm a psychologist. I become up. Uh, you know, uh, I get really enthralled in personal development and I start changing the way I am. And then all these other boyfriends and different people I was dating at the same time as my current boyfriend started yes. falling off. And the one survived. right? <laughs> the one stayed. And the last uh, man standing, <laughs> he was the yeah. last man standing. Yes. Aww. Yes. And um, I learned to commit to him and to mm-hmm. make sure that we have one purpose. And that's that we are happy and growing. And that we want the best for each other. So i so we don't argue with each other. Uh, we don't make each other feel bad. Mm. We don't, we don't uh, cut each other down. Uh, we want the best. So he um I wrote in my book that when I get out when I um when we get out of the car, he always opens the door for me and he grabs his lapel and he says, Madam President is exiting the vehicle.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> bam. That's I love it. That says it all. That says it all. I that's amazing. Yes. Oh my God. I love this. Well, and I think, you know, the reason too, it sounds like why you're not like getting into that loop of the the fight and either it's, it's the fight or flight really response. What you guys are doing are actually communicating. You're actually setting boundaries. You're working through things. So you're putting out the fire before that and knowing that you don't need the fire to have love.
1: No, that's what's so weird, right? I thought that it was boring to have a relationship yeah. where you don't fight. Uh,
0: right. Like this is all you knew. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes. And you know what that, um, I also learned to speak from what I want, not from what I don't want. So Mm -hmm. I only speak in positive terms. So I will tell him, I really like it when you arrive early, you know, I really like it when you give me enough time to do this, you know, uh, instead of like, you're always late, Uh, you know, like um, telling him what I don't like. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So we're always speaking about what we want. You very often get it right. I really like it when you brought me flowers, you know, when you picked me up from the airport. You know, I really like that you picked me up from the airport instead of me having to go in the Uber. I feel loved. So then they want to do it more. Honestly, men want to please their woman. They do. But we... We kind of sabotage them. We set them up for failure, right? If it's your birthday or an anniversary, you don't remind them. You don't tell them what you want. And so they have to guess. And then they buy you tennis shoes and you get mad. But you didn't tell them that you wanted a perfume. Never said.
0: Yes. You know? <laughs> so important. And ladies, if you're listening to this, because I'll have women come back from dates and say, ah, oh, he's an ass. You know, he never asked anything about me. I said, well, have you shared anything about you and what you like to have him ask you about. You know, it's a two-way street. It even happens from the minute you say hello on a date all the way through the relationship. So that's so powerful. I love that. Oh my God, we could go on and on forever. I'm looking at the time. I'm like, where did it go already? <laughs> well, we'll have to continue the conversation. Um, Hazel, I adore you. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any last words that you wanted to part with? And also where can people find your book and just let people know how they can find you?
1: Yes. Kim, I do want to say one thing for women who are dating. And I think that's why people, you know, listen to your show because they want to find love and they want to be happy in the relationship that they have. I always tell people that the tongue is the well to your heart. So if if you're on a date and you're speaking to somebody, speak from, from the best case scenario of what you want in the future, right? Like I could see you and me, or I could see myself with my significant other on the beach, Drinking margaritas traveling having a great life giving massage to each other foot massage that person starts to see themselves inside your dream, and Mm. they start to fall in love with that so it's our job to know what we want, do we want to be in bed on Sunday make love all day do we want that okay, then to share that with that person, because they can see themselves in it. And if they cannot, because they're going to tell you, Oh, no, I'm a very active person. And all I want to do is be on a bike at 6am. And my partner needs to be on a bike at a 6am too. And you're not that person, then that person needs another person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we well have to sad. get clear. Yeah, beautiful. we have to get clear what we want Create a vision for the life that you want with this partner that you want. And even though you already have a partner right now, you could create what you want and share it with them. And if they want it, they can step up. And that's what happened with mine. I was already dating him for five years. I didn't know what I wanted. The minute that I got clarity on what I wanted and I shared it with him, he told me that he wanted, it, that, he, he wanted that as well. One of them was commitment. And that we were for each other and that we wanted the best for each other. We had never had spoken these words to each other before. We said, yes, we want that. And then we committed to each other. And then we never broke up after that.
0: Aww.
1: So create a vision of what you want and share it with the person that you're dating you don't have to make it so personal because sometimes you get scared that they're going to get scared away Mm -hmm. you just like i'm not sure if that's you or not but this is what i want for my future what i want is to be with a person that loves pets we can foster a dog together. We can travel together. We can have grandchildren. You know. I like
0: the part of the massages on the beach. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: oh I like to God. travel. Imagine you're with a guy who doesn't like to travel. Like you have to know these no, things. No, you twice. have to know. Yes.
0: And, and never, never settle. Right. Like, you know, you deserve whatever it is you want. And it does come from that place of self-worth and you know, how you value yourself because then you'll you'll demand that you know in a relationship, in money, in love, like whatever it
1: is. Oh my gosh, Hazel, thank you so much! And say your book again. My book is from bounced checks to private jets: the mastery of miracles. Please do get it. Uh, people are reading that book all over the world. I I launched it five years ago, and it's relevant today, and it'll be relevant when we're ninety five years old. Also, uh, find me on Instagram hazel ortega official and let me know what you thought of my book follow me and you'll learn new tips and tricks on how to become a millionaire how to have it all how to travel the world and make an impact
0: oh i love it
1: hazel thank you
0: so so much seriously and i can't wait to get together with you here in la yes (laughs) And thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you're falling victim to adversity and it's paralyzing you to take action to attract an abundant love life, pick up Hazel's book, definitely, first step. Then book a private coaching call with me to help. And let's kind of flush that out and see how you can overcome that. Just click the link you see in the show notes to book that. And yes, it's me. It's not a bot. It's not an assistant. People are always shocked to hear me calling out their name when I answer the phone. I I really want to talk to you. And remember, working on you, is working on your dating life. That's all for now.